I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. We welcome you all to a Rotocast RPG podcast in the world of Dune Adventures in the Imperium by Modiphius Entertainment. Starring Ellen Graham as Lady Disha. Christopher Bond as Janice, and Sean Fleurl as Saba. Story, GMing, and additional rules by Phil Harker-Smith. Artwork by Jack Sumner. Music by Paul Goodman. This is Shifting Sands. Hello and welcome to Roll to Cast, the variety TTRPG podcast where we play a different game every season with a brand new story, a brand new soundtrack and someone else sitting in the Game Master's chair. That today is me, (gasps) Phil, (gasps) and we are playing (laughs) the game Dune. Yay! Sorry. No, Adventures, that was good. In- <laughs> Adventures in the Imperium. There we go. The two- <laughs> Thank you. The Thank two you. Dune 20 system. Uh. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to get Dune to it. Dune to it? Oh. Did you write that down in prep? <laughs> no. Like, I got this note. No, it just came to me in a vision from too much spice. Well, well, <laughs> well, well <laughs> done, Ellen. Well done. <laughs> we will... Uh, we will- <laughs> We will get all of that out of our system in this episode, uh, as we will be talking about the tone of Dune at some point in this episode. But uh, as I said, yes, I am Phil, and uh, my cast for this season are... Hello, I am Ellen. Uh, you are playing... I am playing Lady Disha, a Benny Gesserit consort. Oh, and I am not Ellen, I am Sean, and I'll be playing uh, a warrior by the name of Saba. Hey, I'm Chris. I'm playing uh, Janice, uh, who is a Mentat spy. So, uh, Roll to Cast will be coming at you uh, with weekly episodes for the whole of this season uh, of about 
half an hour to 40 minutes in length. Very commuter yeah. friendly. Mm. Unless I'm feeling um, a bit spicy and want to do a longer episode. Or a two-parter. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, we love it. Uh, and this season also sees the return of our uh, longtime collaborator, the composer, Paul Hell Goodman. Hans yeah. Zimmer. Hans Zimmer, yes. So you <laughs> would have heard <laughs> just a minute ago. Yeah, you would have heard of the intro <laughs> of this episode. He's had a ball making the soundtrack for this. Um, I told him to do Hans Zimmer, but better. And I think he's knocked it out of the park. Hell yeah. In this episode, we will give you a bit of a rundown about what to expect coming up. We'll talk about Dune as a as property, as a setting. We'll talk about the Modifius game, Adventures in the Imperium, mm. and we'll give you a little intro to these characters and their house, House Ikshana as well. Mm. Long may it prosper. Yes. <laughs> under under the eye, yeah. or, or however we went with the... I can't remember what we said. Uh, ours is the true site, I believe, is the oh, last thing that we landed on. I, th- I like that. The yeah. true site. Ours the is the true site. The B-sharps. <laughs> so, who wants to talk about their relationship with Dune as a series, as a... Oh, uh, oh, oh, Ellen does. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you volunteer me. That's a man throw a woman in front of a bus yeah. just there. I'm getting yeah. into the Dune universe. <laughs> so, That's good, Sean. Sure. I use my voice to say, you want to talk about <laughs> it. No, no, I'll talk about Dune. Yeah, okay, go yeah, for it. Yeah, I, really, uh, I really like Dune and I didn't actually have any knowledge of it uh, until it was announced that the movie was coming out. Mm-hmm. I love uh, Denis Villeneuve. Um, I think he's just a fantastic fucking director and, and filmmaker um, and really brings these big epic stories to life. So I was, I was really fucking psyched. So I'm like, okay, I want to get ahead of this. So I, I read the book. Thankfully, June was delayed. Because <laughs> it is so a bit it's of a, a, it's a, bit of, it's a, it's a bit of a doorstopper. Yeah. Uh, it's like what? Like it's right here in 900 right there. pages yeah. or something? Got it's, it here on the table. It yeah, is I chunky. Flip through you it. can see my bookmark on page one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we know where, yeah. where Sean's at. <laughs> yeah, just under 600 pages. But yeah, it's definitely a, a big weighty boy. And how did you find the book? At a bookstore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Shit. Well, at the time, book depository <laughs> was yeah. At the time, book depository was still a thing, uh, and I also listened to the audiobook here and there. The who, book's very who, who, who narrates that. I don't, some guy, okay, but then some occasionally guy. some other people, but okay. not, I, I, but if not, it was notable. Consist, not consistently right. as well. Because <laughs> sometimes they'll get someone in to voice Baron Harkonnen, but then occasionally it's just the original narrator. Oh, okay. Super confusing, yeah, that's especially go- if it's your first time. That's bad. Um, I, I guess I really like a bit of political intrigue. Mm, I, I never, mm. I'm really into Shakespeare uh, and that kind of idea of tragedy and houses falling and people's machinations kind of all turning to dust underneath them. So I really liked this kind of fantastical foray and and blending the sci-fi with it as well Mm. uh, for a big, big, big epic story. But then, of course, uh, once the Villeneuve movie came out, I was just... I was sold because he just he's so good and and what uh, what's a very kind of dry political tome becomes peopled with tragic people and really flawed characters but you see the humanity in them and it's just stunning in in terms of visuals and spectacle and yeah I'm I'm pretty into it so yeah I also had the fortune of, of playing this game a bit before with like mm-hmm. a the idea was an all Benny Jesuit house. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah, I've had a little bit of experience, but not not like a whole bunch. And that 
was more about, I mean, it's a role play heavy game, but we focus more on the role play than we did necessarily getting into the nitty gritty of yeah. The, yeah. the mechanics. Well, you can, so, you yeah. can, you, I'll turn to you for insights when we get to the, the game system. You can tell us all about it. No, <laughs> I don't want to. Um, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's me. That's my history with you. I was going to say you. Oh, oh uh, he's lozenging. Ah, well. <laughs> he's Shay's lozenging <laughs> as he reclines. Well, th- so you, you have a kind of similar path. Or, or oh, you know, I've got a, I've got a, old, a completely different path in that I know very, very fucking little about well, it's, Judas it's sort of more recent c- coming to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing where I, my first foray into Dune definitely was not the original lovely 80s classic. Um, um, <laughs> you, didn't I, get, you didn't jump in with the Lynch? <laughs> no, no not, not on the Lynch train. Um, but instead, I, I came in watching the... Um, the and it's it's fascinating. This whole time, I guess I've been saying his name wrong because I always said Dennis Villeneuve, but that's completely wrong. Villeneuve? If only you Villeneuve oh. <laughs> how to pronounce his name. Um, but he's my favourite director. Um, you know, yeah, I'm me a, too. Yeah. I'm an absolute massive fan of a Blade Runner. Arrival is one of my favourite sci-fi yeah. films of all time. So anything that he creates, I'm going to go to the cinemas and I'm going to watch. And so I engaged with Dune. Didn't understand half of it, obviously. Like, mm. there's just bits that are going to fly over my head because I'm not acquainted with the world and with the lore, especially. So, Well, that for me is a really interesting perspective. I, it's something I'd, I'd love to, to just quickly pick your brains on yeah. is that as someone who already was very familiar with Dune, I was very curious to know someone who was completely fresh what the experience of the movie was like. And you say that you enjoyed it, but Stuff did go over your head. I mean, it, it, but not anything that was uh, br- that broke the immersion, right. so to speak. Like it's still such like a, a wildly populated and kind of lived-in world, yep. and like everything's baked in. And it, and it does kind of uh, reinforce uh, this idea that I kind of love about sci-fi is just dropping you into a world and not having to over-explain everything. Even though in the second watch uh, that I had last night, um, having a, a lot of kind of information and knowledge like with me at that point, I go, oh, okay, they do actually explain like quite a lot. Very like simply and mm. very and much more uh, visually than you would expect from reading the book. But no, the, the experience for me was incredible. I hadn't watched it a second time because it just... Dennis Villeneuve films are ones that I kind of like to watch once and then just leave for about 10 years or <laughs> then come, <laughs> come back to it. But what I, what I really adored about the Dune film, which is uh, very much a hallmark of any of his films, is the, the time that it takes to allow moments and spaces and characters to just breathe mm. and everything like it's languid in the best possible way mm. in the similar way to in like Blade Runner and it, Arrival it, it to sprawls. exact ideas. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think they're both they're both kind of I hesitate to use the word franchises, but yeah, they're both properties that benefit from that style. Exactly. Right? And it's also a, a thing where especially with Dune like it's one of those films where I go, no, absolutely this should be a two-parter. Mm. Like it 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 doesn't feel right for it to be anything other than that. Um, so, yeah, I, I adored it. I loved it. I came so engaged with the world and, and especially in the last couple of weeks, even just reading into the lore of everything that happens before the year 10,191. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just going, Jesus Christ, there's so much here. <laughs> like, and just not realizing how much Dune kind of, no, more to the point, other way around, how much Matrix takes from Dune. Um, yeah. and there's a lot of like parallels between those two. It's like, ah, oh, uprising of machines. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool in that, in that respect. So, yeah. yeah. 
Chris? Hey. Hey. Uh, <laughs> was, was, you were still gesturing at me, so I was like, is he ready? Uh, I, gave you, I gave you a thumbs up. Right, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't so, clear. Uh, Chris. Yes, June. I know June semi-well, largely because uh, Phil gave me the book. I did give you the book, And yes. you gave that to me for Christmas. A couple of years in ago. 2021, yeah. I think. Uh, and so I read half of it. Yeah. And then put it down. Because <laughs> I... I think a lot of people do like, that. you were like, you know what? This yeah. needs a part two. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people... I think that happens to a lot of people. It's... Yeah. It's uh, dry. It, it's uh, like the sands yeah. like the of Arrakis. Yes. Um, I I enjoyed it. I just it took me a while to understand what the tone was, mm. and uh, with all of the kind of spoiler things at the top of each paragraph. Anyway, what I loved about reading June and watching the film and and the franchise as a whole is uh, how seminal the work is, and how many influences like Sean was talking about are like basically stripped straight through, mm. and how we can trace a lot of contemporary sci-fi to June, like. Warhammer 40k mm. and as a result Starcraft you know there are yeah. things where it's like literally oh this man was the the first this yes. is this is it yeah. this is the beginning yeah. of this shit um which is delightful and there are many many other books uh many of which I have read a, a fantastic YouTube a summary of <laughs> uh a son gets turned into a worm which is very cute we love twins when they get turned into worms. Absolutely. Hey, we babe, do, yeah. would you love me if I turned into a worm? No. Trying to ruin the whole. <laughs> yeah. Dune is the series that answers that question. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. boyfriend wouldn't still love you if you <laughs> turned into a worm and tried to. Uh, anyway, walk the matter. golden yeah, path. Anyway, that's outside of the scope of what yeah. we're talking about. Kafka, eat your heart out. Um, <laughs> thank you for laughing at that. I thought that was quite good. Yeah, um, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but other than like the role playing game, I, I, I know the rules. Well enough, I think. Mm-hmm. That's and good. Good, yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> One of us does. <laughs> and I think the the tone of the game as a kind of like Grecian epic, mm. uh, similar to the books, which is what I alluded to earlier. These kind of like moments of prophecy, like, but you're spoiling it. Well, it's it's a Greek epic. Like, you are sort of supposed to know the ending before you start. In that in that sort of like how the journey is the important thing. The game does a fantastic job at, at replicating that. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, so I'm probably the oldest hand at Dune. Um, mm. I, I I read it a long time ago. How I've long you been doing this? Been doing this a long time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I I read it a long time ago in, in my uh, late teens or early twenties, and I've read it a couple of times since in the then. 80s. And, uh, we don't need to. Do you hang, on. hang on, we uh, don't need to be making. Uh, <laughs> we're not ageist on this podcast. Um, no PvP before we even start, guys. <laughs> and I've, I've read a few few books ahead. It, it gets pretty wild pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, and his actually his his son and and so have actually continued the series on as well. So it has this long legacy. But the thing that people know is Dune, the first novel. It as you say, it's kind of iconic across sci-fi. Uh, and it's famous for being pretty dense, uh, pretty political. Mm. The word I always come back to is austere. So it's very kind of dispassionate, grand, sweeping. Sophisticated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of kind of technical language yeah. early on, lots of terms that you kind of have to... Just roll with. Roll with until <laughs> you kind of learn, learn what it, they mean. It, yeah. Yeah. But. I think, as as Sean says, it creates this universe that feels very rich and very lived in, uh, that extends like far back into the past before you, you this the events begin. The Bene Gesserit, as you mentioned, they their plans span centuries. Yeah, you know, you, plans within plans within plans. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's all about a, a, a legacy that's going to go on much longer than any one person will. It's that's all, right. Yeah, it's all about big powers as opposed to, I guess, like in it's individuals caught within. In big powers, which yeah. I always find really it's exciting. not a space opera. It's not about yeah. the hero's journey through things.
things, it's about the the tides of destiny, usually seen through through Paul, right? And I think so many the thing I have we haven't mentioned, I think, is there are a bunch of really iconic things that <laughs> things. come from Dune. Yeah. The spice. Malone, it must yeah. flow. It must Guys, flow. <laughs> if you're at home and your your spice is not flowing, you got to fix that. You got to yeah. fix that up right yeah. now. Get right in the now. kitchen. Uh, <laughs> one, of the spice, one of my most, one of my most, I no joke. One of my earliest memories as a kid is going up to my uh, grandparents who live up in the Adelaide Hills, and one of their friends. So my important side note: my grandparents are German, and they had this friend called Alex who had come from Germany and he introduced me to Dune the game. Like there was a computer game that was like mm. a top-down oh, strategy. Shit. Yeah, there's actually the second game. Yeah, there's yeah. a point and click first. And yeah. What I always remember is this one word where it'd be like, and there are sandworms. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other iconic yeah. sandworms. The sandworms. We have these cool things. They're like uh, you know makers and shakers. Yeah. <laughs> sandworms. We call them shaykhulud. Shaykhulud. Oh, that uh, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, it does it sound does, does good. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the other super iconic thing is the sandworm. I knew about the sandworms so like well before I had any idea mm, yeah. what the hell Dune was Same. because there was like a SFX, not museum, but place you could go to here in, in South Australia. And like they had all these green screens. So like you would walk through all these different sets and then at the end you'd get the VHS of you in all these different kind of like green screen <laughs> places. And one of them was that you got swallowed up by a fucking giant sandworm. Of course. So there's a VHS it. somewhere in my mum's house <laughs> of, of like a five-year-old Ellen. Ellen being <laughs> eaten by a sandworm. So and so we'll find it for we'll Patreon. Find it, yeah. I would yeah. love to, honestly. I, I, yeah, I'd love I to learned, go back on memory. I learned about the sandworms and this is the kind of influence of this series. Um, because of Guild Wars, the fucking MMO oh, RPG, yeah. oh. in the third, second expansion, um, you ride sandworms. And I was like, Holy shit. that's weird. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's that's not. Cool. It's just stolen. It's just, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just a fucking homage to a yeah. very impressive, important piece of, of science fiction yeah. history. I mean, what is it? The Emperor's fucking soldiers, the uh, Sardaka, are space marines. Uh, yes. In the movie. Genetic, wanna, yep. impossibly fierce, yep. uh, single-minded. The way yeah. they like uh, honour themselves and yep. like decorate themselves is very space marine. Yeah. It's just, it's so fucking Bagpipes. cool. <laughs> I mean, that's kinda. more of a Villeneuve touch, yeah. but uh, yeah, yeah, that threw me off so I, hard. So oh, I is loved it. it. I fucking loved it. Well, in this universe, old terror exists. Yeah, tens of thousands of years in the past. So uh, you know, maybe bagpipes survived that time. Bagpipes can survive as a Scot. Bagpipes can <laughs> survive, survive anything. Survive They're anything. Pretty good instrument. So old terror. You know, for that kind of well done them. religious yeah. drone. Well, yeah. I, I think Villeneuve was was touching on some crusades and Catholic yeah. and. You know, some of those kind of things and definitely like Scottish orders. And I just, bagpipes are just a, a kind of commanding sound. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I yeah. 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 <laughs> and then, of course, there's Dune, there's Arrakis itself. Yes. The desert planet um, is also pretty iconic, kind of sci fi setting. Hell yeah. This, this kind of harsh place that is, uh, but also essential to the functioning of the universe. So and that's where we're setting our game. It yeah. is, yeah. So we, we're going to try and bring you some of the, these iconic things. Um, so even if you're only passingly familiar with, with Dune, that you'll get the kind of the big things. We'll be on Arrakis. We'll be dealing with with the spice melange, which is 
very important substance that makes the universe tick, essentially, uh, and and the worms as well. Mm. I'm, sh- I'm sure they'll make an appearance at, at some <laughs> point. And uh, when you least is suspect it, check under your bed for worm yeah. signs. <laughs> and, and Sean uh, will be doing the SFX for the worms. Yep, so, that's yeah. what Ellen will what? be actually. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> I hope it sounds a lot like all of my other sound effects, <laughs> which is usually just cooing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's terrible that's the for trout. a sandworm. That's the sand trout. It's a yeah. tiny worm. <laughs> oh, that's the baby one. Baby one. Oh, yeah. how cute. So I'm going to explain at length the life cycle. No, um, <laughs> let's talk about the game of Dune. Oh. Let's talk about the game of Dune. Uh, so it is a Modiphius game. It is a 2D20 game. First time for Roll to Cast doing the yeah. 2D20 system. Yes. And and Phil not doing a yeah. uh, interlock <laughs> game from <gasps> we, Phil, Altazorian. For our 10th anniversary, <laughs> we thought we'd give you a non-Altazorian. <laughs> Altazorian are going to send us a letter that says fucking cease and desist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Just you get a you get sent a D ten in the post as yeah. like a weird mafia Wrap, kind wrapped of. in a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's a two D twenty game. So as that as that states, the the standard thing is that most rolls you begin with a pool of two D twenties, rolling under a combination of your skill and uh, drive. So your reason for doing something is as important as how good you technically are at it. And then as many dice pool games operate, the push and pull comes from how many successes you need from that dice pool and how many dice you can marshal into it. Yeah. For people yeah. unfamiliar with role-playing games, we want to roll low on our D20s. Yeah. Yeah. We do not tie. If I have like a faith of eight, which is one of my drives, and a battle of eight, which is one of my um, skills, that's a, a number of 16. I roll at least two D20s and I want to get as many of those D20s to be under 16 to be a success. That's yeah. right, yeah. And there, there's... Uh, not not failing forwards, but there there is an element of yeah creating complications. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. When you fuck any twenties <laughs> are bad, not <laughs> good. Uh, so a nat twenty will introduce complications. So those are are, are things that stay with you and make things tougher. Um, and ones are crits and, and give you bonus successes. There are other ways of getting bonus successes as well, but that's the kind of basic form of the game. Yeah. Uh, how did you you kind of find that system in play when you when you used as the it? veteran, as the experienced role player in the uh, room, Ellen? Gee, uh, 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 <laughs> uh, um, uh, I think. As well, keep in mind this was for a, a stream, yeah. so we were kind of more focusing on the on the role play mm. elements. Uh, I guess what it does is it just makes the mechanics really simple. Okay, yeah. I want to do a check. I roll two d twenties. If I want, I can I can spend something to get extra d twenties. Mm-hmm. Boom! Do I do it? Yes, or do I get any complications? Okay, we we assess that and we move forward. That mm. that's kind of the, and 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 the joy of it is that a lot of these things like that you have as a character are can be created on the fly, or they're very very easy for kind of adept role players to just take and roll with the punches. So you can have assets, but as we were talking before at the table, there are some things that you just might inherently have. You know, like uh, if it makes sense for you to have it. You got it, and yeah. and you can use it in a way that services the f- the story. It's really all about kind of all furthering the story, which all good role playing games do. But it's just got that element of fluidity, which I really appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's my thing. Anyway, <laughs> that's Ellen reviews. Yeah, and role playing games <laughs> corner done. Um, and as Ellen was hinting, there are there are sort of there are a couple of pools of resources that will will help you kind of 
keep track of as we play. And they're part of the kind of push and pull of, of the game and, and, yeah. and how you direct the narrative. Think of it like betting as well. It's like you're, kind of, you're, yeah. you're trying to, you're, you're betting against a house sometimes. Be like, oh, okay, I'll give you this and then I'll see how it goes and then it can fuck you up later. Mm. That's right. And yeah. having a shared pool as well, like yeah. keeps everyone working together as as storytellers as opposed to a, my character does that this. It's, it's you know, what story are we telling? Do you think you could explain momentum and threat in a concise way? I I'm going to go, no. Sean. I reckon I can do yeah. it. So you've got two main pools that are, that are capable of kind of swaying uh, the d20 dice pool. So generally speaking, players use momentum and the GM or uh, the, what's the word that they use? It's the a GM, GM, yeah. The GM uses threat. So momentum we can use uh, to do certain things like buy extra d20s or to um, like add little instances, like maybe create assets, which are being able to introduce things into the game that can help us in a given scene. So for example, I start with two d20s. Phil says to me, this is a difficulty of three. So what that means is I need to get three successes, but I've only got two d20s. I'll go, I'm going to use from the group pool. I'm going to take one momentum, which gives me an extra d20. Now I've got my three d20s. Or if we don't have any momentum, I have a second option, which is, all right, I'm going to give you threat, which is a resource that Phil can use to add complications um, to make things harder for us. So they're both resources, one for the player, one for the GM to influence a scene to either make things better for us or harder for us. Yeah. So it's all about marshalling your... That's a really good explanation. Mm. Um, uh, Momentum is generally generated with bonus success. So if you succeed beyond the the requirements of the role, that turns into momentum, which you can use in the moment. Yeah, if you give a difficulty of two, but with that pool, I get three successes. I get one momentum for the group. Yeah, well, you can either spend it straight away to improve the outcome, or if you don't have a use for it, pop it in that pool. Yeah. So a lot of the time you will be just spending it in the moment to to kind of get that benefit. Uh, but yeah, there's that pool that goes up to six as well. And threat doesn't have a limit. You can just keep piling on threat for Gulp. me. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use- have 16 threat, please. That's right. As, I, as you say- Thanks, you- Ellen. <laughs> Um, well, you get experience if I ever generate four threat at once. Everyone gets experience in that scene. So there's, ah. there's benefits. <laughs> there's there's benefits for for adversity mm. as well. So anytime you fail or or get hurt or or uh, are threatened, you gain experience points. Yeah. So it's all to do with fighting through adversity, uh, the push and pull of fate. As you say, spending now for the consequences to catch up to you later. There's other interesting systems like the the asset system you were talking about. An asset is almost anything yeah. um, that allows <laughs> that allows the the kind of scene to take place or can be marshaled to make things easier for you. As you say, a, a knife is an asset, mm. but also uh, blackmail, lev- leverage, or blackmail yeah. is an asset that you can have. So if you know someone is an addict, a some to addict that is a an asset yeah that may allow you to begin a scene at all or let you tilt a scene in your favor it literally could be an instance where like if you're having a, a conversation with someone they're not giving you the information you have you could then if it's not swaying your way you could create an asset that is well, I have some information on this person that actually I could sway towards my side. Yeah, and then spend we would... Spend the requisite, yeah. Yeah, you'd spend the requisite and then what we would do is we would go, okay, let's go back and see how you found that and we would narrate where that originally came from. So it yeah. lets you be flexible, which is really cool. Mm. You'd you like it to a, a Blades in the Dark yeah. kind of like yeah. mechanic. pretty almost. apt, yeah. yeah. Yeah, retroactively changing the scene. Assets are guns or friends and yeah. sometimes you need one and sometimes you need the other. Yeah. <laughs> 
Or both. Or paper. I wouldn't know that I would <laughs> say blackmail's a friend. Friend to the blackmailer. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, if you've got it, that's a friend. <laughs> the friend quite- or paper or gun. That's how qu- I've got all my friends. <laughs> they're quite dynamic as yeah, well. They so are. you can, in conflicts, you can target opponents' assets so you can remove them from, from play in a more individual duel that might be knocking a sword aside. Mm. But in a in a more intrigue style conflict that might be discrediting evidence or uh, removing a friend, uh, yeah, that spreading ally. a rumor and yes. and someone a friendship falls away exactly yeah. mm. right, and then that person no longer trusts you; they can't be used. So you have these flexible systems where you can kind of whatever the moment requires, you can bring into play, and it really rewards inventiveness. Um, so I think that's it's really cool, uh, and hopefully we'll we'll be seeing a, a lot of that as we. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Go. Uh, the other main system I, I think it's worth talking about is traits. Assets are actually a specific kind of trait. So every scene has its traits. This scene might be formal. This one might be... Uh, loud this Oof. one might be smoke obscured uh, there are all sorts of different traits and another way of spending momentum is to influence the traits so if you want to get everyone drunk at a party you might introduce a debauched trait <laughs> by spending some momentum making a roll to go around that party getting everyone a bit more slosh slosh yes. right and that would introduce debauched and that trait then comes to bear in any future roles. So there are ways of influencing the circumstances to your favour in the macro sense and in the moment, whether you're spending momentum to buy those dice or you're spending it to change the landscape that you're fighting on, whether that be a literal landscape or a political a landscape. Political yeah, landscape. Or an emotional landscape. Exactly. You can, yeah, your traits can affect yourself but also others and you can put your little dirty little fingers all over the scene. Yes. <laughs> you muddy someone up. It means everyone has their different ways of fighting, their different methods of tilting things to their favour. And a lot of the thinking is done before the dice are even rolled, which I really like. Is there any other no- kind of notable parts of the system you um, guys want to talk well, what about? What we're going to get into next, which is a big part of the system, is creating your own house as opposed mm. to taking an established mm. house. Yes. They really encourage, like, make your own house and let's see where that fits into the universe, which is what we're going to go into as well. Yeah. yeah again. Which I, I think is, as we touched on earlier, it's the thing of playing 
this grand story as opposed to playing something like um like cyberpunk where you're like i'm on my own i'm striking out against the man i might get a ragtag group but who knows where our alliances lie but together we have all created one house mm. if anything this is the story of house ikshana not the individual stories of our characters which yeah. I, I yeah i think kind of uh changes this perspective of the player as well to what kind of story you should be telling absolutely and there's just a double back slightly from that is that that there is another mechanic with supporting characters where you can freely bring in minor characters from your house and even create supporting characters to play in scenes where you're not present. Uh, and those supporting characters, those those notable ones, then become a pool of supporting characters who can who can be played float by anyone, in and out. Yeah. float in and out. I can bring them in and use them. Your house as itself becomes a character, which you guys all have access to, which is really cool. feels like the player two controller that's just waiting to press start and you can jump <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, anyone right. can jump in and grab it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So we began by creating a house. So this is a, a political game where there is the Imperial House, House Carino, and then there are major houses um, underneath that, like the famous House Trades. of Trades or House Harkonnen. Uh, so we created a minor house. What's the name of that house? Ikshana. House Ikshana, yes. which is Sanskrit for sight mm. or overseeing. E- your, your emblem is an eye shining rays down below it, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Seeing everything. And your, your house, it's based on Arrakis. Uh, so the house governing Arrakis in this time period is House Harkonnen. Yes, this is set just before the events of the film, if you are yeah. familiar with <laughs> You're that. You're not going to see any Timothy Chalamets in these parts. No, no. <laughs> we, we try not to interfere too much with that timeline. <laughs> yeah. While they are governors of the planet and, and uh, responsible for the spice trade, they license smaller houses to maybe do some of the harvesting or operate... Uh, refineries or scouting. They don't handle everything themselves. There's lots of, there's lots of room underneath them for uh, house miners to to get things done. Yeah. Uh, and what is it that your house specialises in? So we we kind of have two domains. Yes. Uh, which is you know there's there's rules about what your house is kind of what do they call it? A, a, a major and a Pri- minor, a or a primary, primary and a secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Your so, primary domain you have. A near monopoly on. Yeah. Which falls under the banner of industrial expertise. So we are all about spotting where the spice is going to be I, or spice prospecting. Is that right? No, no other sorry, Sandra. We, we, we flipped Espionage. them. Oh, we flipped it. Yeah. We flipped the bitch. We did, yes. <laughs> to quote. Clone uh, high, yeah. Clone, yeah. Uh, so our primary is espionage and we deal in Fremen wisdom. Ooh. We're not Fremen. We're not Fremen, but we know about their stuff. But yeah. We, yeah. We're, we're using the natives of the knowledge. land. Yes. Yeah. It's sort yeah. of like a Fremen intelligence. Almost. Yeah. 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 We, we people spy might, on them. Yeah. People might get information from other means. We have taken it upon ourselves to go, well, they're on Arrakis. Why not use their knowledge? That's how we'll get a leg up on everyone else. And that's how we've created a monopoly by using the people that know the world the best. Yeah. yeah. It's so, a bit more devious than the, yes, the Harkonnens have like might is right. And they see the Fremens as lesser than because they're 
horrible colonizers. Yeah. Uh, we're also horrible colonizers, yes. but we're sneaky about it. So we're like, well, they've already got the information about how to live here. So let's and pass it off as our own. Maybe yeah. at this Deal point it. we should say that we're playing an evil campaign. Yeah, for the first <laughs> as a roll to cast evil's first, relative, right? As a roll to cast first, <laughs> we're not so. <laughs> we're not playing nice characters. We yes. thought, what if roll to cast bad? <laughs> yeah, for our tenth well, season. If you want to listen to lovely people doing lovely things, there's like. Eight seasons? Starfinder. Season eight, maybe not. Season nine, maybe not. Witcher, not. Season seven. <laughs> the Witch is definitely not. No, no. Season no. seven's good. Go to season that, seven. If you want to listen to fun stuff, listen yeah, to season if you seven. Like kind stuff, not fun. I, this yeah, will be fun. Idealistic people idealistic. going against and making their own way in the world, then yeah, go to season seven. But this is fully steeped in aristocracy, in hierarchy, in fiefdom, in colonial kind of ideologies. It's Power policy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Bastards. So the way... Oops, all bastard yeah. season. <laughs> so as you as you hinted, the the Harkonnens, um, and especially the governor of the planet at this time, Raban, is known for his brutalization of the Fremen people who are the quote-unquote natives of yeah. Arrakis. Played uh, by Dave Batista. Yeah, you, you looked at me. Yeah, you looked at me. Well, you Sorry, no, I, was, I was just paying um, attention to you. So, because they're being brutalized, they respond and they uh, attack the harvesters. So, harvesters have to go to their their home turf, the deep desert, to mine the spice. Yes. So, they constantly attack. Your house, knowing how they attack, where they attack, how they move, how they conceal their movements is incredibly valuable because knowing where the Fremen might attack helps mitigate the losses that they constantly cause. Yes. So that is your primary domain, this this Fremen intelligence, this Fremen wisdom, both in how they attack, how they move, how they conceal themselves, but also maybe hidden spice caches and things like that. There are lots of... Their culture. Their culture, What they think power is, what they think good is, Mm. where Mm. they come from. Are there some that we can turn to our side? Yes. All that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also said we are just an espionage house, so people might just come to us for information regardless because we may have our, we may know other things. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You're known for for seeing what others don't. And and then you have a secondary domain as a house mind as well. This is what you're good at, but you are in competition for. Which is industrial expertise and is... Uh, am I correct in thinking that's... Or spotters. Spotters. Yes. Mm. So yeah. worm signs are where the worm is going to come up and, and that's a bad thing because the worms are bad. Um, so they're drawn to vibration. They they're are. These giant sandworms that roam the desert. So if you have a harvester... Yeah. It's going to make a lot of vibration. that spice, that precious resource on this planet... Uh, it's going to attract the worm. And and what happens when a worm comes along? It eats the Whatever machines. Whatever the fuck it wants. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> and so you have, worm. We have spotters. Before it arrives, you yeah. get... We get worm, worm signs, sign. yeah. and we are uh, keeping an eye out for those worms so that we can evac. If you've seen the movie, it's like that part mm. in the movie where, <laughs> you know, the handsomest man in the world does the most brave thing and nearly sacrifices himself for the workers. Yeah. You know, that scene. You guys yeah. I, doing we it. all agree Oscar Isaac is the most handsome man in the world. Agreed. Which is quite nice. Yes. that's yep. pr- It's a pretty. It's, it's good to have universal truths. Yep. Yeah. That's um, the one. <laughs> in a world of grey morality like Dune... <laughs> It's nice to have these universal truths to to clutch to. Um, So, yeah, we're experts in spotting. We're experts in spotting worm sign. We're experts in... Oh, sorry, we're in competition uh, spotting worm sign. But we use use Fremen knowledge to do that. Yes. Um, And and to do the other aspect of spotting Yeah, which is to even find the spice in the first place. Yes. Mm. So spice comes from beneath the sands in these uh, events called a blow, where there's a a build-up of gas beneath the sand and then... 
Spice. The, the pre-spice mass explodes and becomes the spice melange on the surface and you have to get there before other people do, before um, it, a storm blows it away. Or more worms. More worms yeah. come along. Yeah. So there's a sort of uh, being the first to see it is also extremely valuable, but you're not the only ones out there with spotter ornithopters prospecting the spice. There's a rival house as well that we have. Yes, you have mm. a rival house. Animal house. A house not quite. <laughs> house Kaddish. House Kaddish. Some religious n- uh, nut jobs who we, yeah. we don't like. And they hate us. They yeah. loathe they us. Yes. They loathe yes. us. When we were looking for... Because uh, you can you can have scales to how the houses dislike you. It can be like a you know oh, yeah. whatever yeah a rivalry yeah, yeah. A r- rivalry. But maybe we will c- connect. We can on still some work things. together yeah. on things. Yeah. No, yeah. they loathe us. They hate our fucking guts <laughs> for a, for a difference in morals. Yeah. So they're a very uh, religious house, and um, we are not. <laughs> you're not. You treat your scene with or associate with the Fremen natives. You yeah. have their own religion, their own mysticism. Yeah. Mm. Uh, which makes you terrible. Bad. Bad. Also, maybe yeah. maybe they have interesting thoughts about a Benny Gesserit, a lady, yes, as well, possibly. Yeah, having yeah. you know being perceived as witches and having their own kind of aim in terms of faith. So yeah, we're yeah. just not yeah, not well liked by well, us. Well, on that, we will we will move from what your house does to who you are in that house. You play agents of the house, and you play a a, a Benny Gesserit. Yes. What's yeah. a Benny Gesserit? What's a Benny Gesserit with you? Jews. <laughs> Austere, austere, dry, grand, sweeping. Yeah, you steer us left, we'll steer you right. Um, Stop it! Sorry. Uh, that was Benny, good, though. Thank you. Uh, Benny Gesserits are this holy female order. Uh, when I say holy, I mean in terms of they're all female, but also there is an association there with faith. Their whole ethos or how they appear to others is is... We're here to serve. We're here to serve. We have this long plan about kind of bringing order back to humanity, humanity yeah. essentially. And and given that we have no more thinking machines, um, all of our higher thinking is done either by Mentats or Benny Gesserits. Uh, and essentially our whole order, um, they are taught uh, total discipline over their their bodies and minds. Uh, some of them have the ability uh, to know if people are lying, to extract the truth from people. They have uh, a kind of shared wisdom, but that's, that's you know, for higher up in the orders. Mm. Mainly, they are women who um, are sent to the order, uh, usually from a very young age, trained in the way of the Bene Gesserit, this, this discipline, um, this kind of weirding way, this slight witchcraft. And then often they are sent out to other houses for the the Bene Gesserit's purpose, usually as concubines or consorts. They're just very powerful things to have in a house because they have their own sense of, yeah, their own kind of wisdom. Yeah, and, they're often yeah. very wise, uh, very they, they can fight usually. Yes. Um, yeah. They have, they have uh, control. They're control usually trained themselves. in politics and communication. Um, and yeah, the Benny Gesserits do this because they're playing their own game and there's this this kind of breeding program, but a lot of the houses aren't mm. really privy to that knowledge. And you've taken as well one of the most iconic powers of the Benny Gesserits as well, the voice. The voice, yes. So, so they- this is a way of commanding the yeah. will of others, right? Yeah, essentially control others by pitching their voice through this total discipline of, of you know, the mind and body. They can somehow tap into a frequency where they can bend others to their will. So, yeah, 
pretty spooky, witchy stuff, which I like. Uh, <laughs> As and people might know, I like the spooky shit. So, and, and apart from that, your your character uh, Disha, yes, Lady Disha, um, she's the consort to the um, yep. the Viscount of the house, the ruler yeah. of the house, yeah. Vadim Vadim yeah. Shana. Can you tell us a little bit about her as a as a person? What she values? Yeah. So, uh, like her, uh, what she values most is is power. Um, it's a very important thing. It, it's why Arrakis is here, right? Mm, yeah. It's it because it is the the seat of power for the universe. The spice runs everything, and so uh, especially for Disha, you are yes, you are a person with a lot of power as a Benny Jessera, but not really because you have to play a role in this long spanning story that is not your own, and more importantly, like. Again, we're talking fiefdoms, we're talking hierarchy, we're talking aristocracy. Uh, there is something that is very ancient to the world of Dune, even though it's however many thousands of years in the future. The gender politics are still very, very, mm. very, very much in play. So it's I'm playing a kind of thing with Lady Disha where it's she wants her own power. She's kind of a bit sick of, of being a pawn and, and having this own power. It, it is so um, frustrating to then not be able to get what she sees as hers. Excellent. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. She's a she's a bit of a a mover and shaker. I've kind of I think I I was saying to you guys my my inspiration is maybe like the Tyrells from from mm, Game of Thrones, yeah. you know, they've got that savvy and they they might might not be as uh, seemingly duplicitous as some of the other yeah, houses. They're very or, charming. Or, or, yeah, but conniving. Absolutely. Charming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 playing the game wisely. Yeah. Whatever opportunities arise, that's that's where she'll go. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Chris. Oh, hi. Who are you playing? Okay, I'm playing Janice, who is a Mentat spy. Tell us about Mentats. What are so Mentats? Mentats, uh, as as was alluded to earlier, computers have been AI has been completely uh, removed. Um, there was a robot uprising, and that went badly. Oops. Oops. <laughs> no good. It's not good. And so Very we, bad. we've uh, we've created kind of uh, people computers mm. called Mentats. Uh, these are people who are able to do massive amounts of calculation they're, and data they're, storage. And yeah. data storage. They're not kind of uh, superhuman in every regard. They are very. They're very people. Um, but they do have the capacity to do um, computer-like calculations or hold computer-like information. They often use a drug called um, Sappho, uh, which uh, stains the the lips red uh, to help boost them if they need it. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm playing a spy type of those uh, as part of the house. Uh, I'm here to make sure the house grows, keep the information on the Fremen informationable. Get, see, they're fallible is what I'm saying, right? <laughs> What, so, well, you're real good at numbers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, there's a few things you can kind of choose as a mentat. What kind of mentat uh, talent did you go with? So I went with calculated um, prediction uh, because my character is big-brained. He can kind of deduce what's going to happen sort of in the future. Um, there are only so many odds and angles mm. that something can do and, and finding kind of what the next thing will be is something he does. So he anticipates things. Uh, he's a spy in that regard. Uh, where are these people likely to meet next? What is their angle of approach likely going to be? Where is this uh, information likely to have come from? Uh, mm. That sort of thing. He collates information and then makes a probable prediction out of it. Yeah. 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 You've yeah, seen, yeah. Um, what's his name? The lad, the English show? Spy, uh, Sherlock. Sherlock, thank you. Oh, uh, Spylock. Spylock. <laughs> Spylock. Um, he's a bit Sherlocky, but yeah. less pretentious and more spy. Yes. Thank yeah. God for that. I do. I 
I do like that idea of like, um, wow, is he using magic? No, he's just very good at predicting. Like yeah. through like yeah. numbers and odds and like he's just using knowledge. And it's nice because he still might be wrong, but yes. you can see how the the lines of data lead you to kind of like hop, skip and a jump. It's a scientifically improved and boosted mm. um, with, with drugs and, and training mentalism. Yeah. Uh, yes. yes. That's, that's it's it. It's a cold reading. It's a, a cold warm reading. reading. It's yeah. a warmer reading. Yeah. Uh, and as a person, yeah. what's kind of notable about, about your demeanor or your reputation? What kind of person is He is, is loyal um, to the house. Janus. He loves his duty. He loves power. Uh, he believes that what must be done must be done. Um, the house must grow. Uh, and that power is wielded by those who deserve to have it. So if you can take it from them, then you deserve to have it. If we've got a sort of Lady Marjorie over here, so sort of outwardly charming, Hello. It, 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 <laughs> in, inwardly conniving, yes. kind of power grabbing, what's your outward kind of presentation? Uh, a quiet, unassuming soldier of the house, uh, but instead of martial arms, it's secrets. So uh, sort a, of a, a, bit, uh, a stillness, a focus to you. Let's use Game of Thrones and let's use um, <laughs> uh, like uh, little finger, but excellent, yeah. uh, but yeah. less self-interested, more self-sacrificing, or but more that kind of demeanor. Yeah, yeah, yeah a quiet confidence, yes, quiet, quiet confidence. Excellent. It's not Littlefinger that I'm thinking of. It's the Varys. 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 Yeah. Varys is, a, is a far better. He's visual. a much better player, certainly yeah. Yeah. in terms of visually. Think Varus. Yeah. 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 Cool. Excellent. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. Well, I'm um, so I'm playing uh, Saba, and Saba is the warrior of the house. He's not the sword master. He's not like um anyone in any sort of particular power physically. Saba, and this goes into one of his traits. He's incredibly imposing. Like if you start with Kratos. Take away, <laughs> take away yeah, the, yeah. take away the makeup. That's where you um, start. <laughs> yeah, start with Kratos. Take away the makeup, like make him much more tanned and beaten down by the sun and years of being on Arrakis. Um, and he's like he's he's a bald headed. He has he's, like, he's got a scar across one eye. Like he's an incredibly imposing, like foreboding, terrifying figure of a man who can move quick and fights quicker. He is like a a blunt instrument. And more importantly, he knows that. What's interesting to me about the way you've built your character is that the impression you, he gives is a blunt instrument, but some of the talents and things you've taken uh, actually belie that a little bit. So yeah. what, what are your talents? Well, so um, basically the two things that he is very good at is um, battle and moving. So, I mean, for me, that's, you know, his ability to fight and his ability to be dexterous and, and use his hulking figure in ways that kind of like belie him as a person. Like he's, you know what? To, here's one. If you've ever watched Brock Lesnar, and Chris will understand what I mean, Brock Lesnar <laughs> is this freak of nature athlete who moves quicker than anyone who's almost 300 pounds should be able to move. Right. right. Fundamentally, that man moves quicker than he should. Yes. And that's yes. a yes. fuck. When you that's see it happen. That's the impression I get with your When you character. see it fucking happen, that's a terrifying fucking thing. I yes. just love wrestling. Yeah. But he's a scary man. It's, it's, and it's, 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 it's this quiet Jesus. explosiveness um, mm. that is about him. So that's why I've given him to fight someone is to know them or subtle step. And these are things where he takes the time to observe and collate information and take the best possible path or to make himself obscure or to learn information about somebody just through not even interacting with them. Like he's somebody that has the ability to threaten you just by being near him and then the next second he's gone. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the person that I wanted to build and someone that understanding has been my dump stat, but it's not because he's dumb. It's because he simply, he hates the politics. He has such a massive and unwavering faith to the house um, to the point where like one of his drive stats is uh, obey my house in all things. But he's also someone who's so incredibly confident in his skills and more to the point, what makes him a bastard? He enjoys... <laughs> 
violence. Mm. Like you use him as a blunt instrument, point him towards something to interrogate, to torture, to fight. He will relish that opportunity because A, he knows he's good at it. B, he knows he's the one that you will call for that. And C, it's in service of a higher power. Mm. House mm. Ikshana. And <laughs> like he is, he is somebody. So second to that, uh, one thing that we would look to do is to create a bit of a further connection between our characters. So um, not just um, being a warrior, but my personal trait is being a personal guard, specifically uh, to the Yoo-hoo! lady, yeah. Lady Disha. So yeah. again, he knows he's being used as a blunt instrument. He doesn't really fucking care. Yeah. Someone try to get to Disha. I beg please you. Please try. Yeah. Please yeah. try. <laughs> I double yeah, Phil, dare please you. Please try. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also think it's something where potentially that's an avenue um, of how they've um, gotten feminine information mm. is through sheer interrogation, torture, extracting information from people through his knife because power is gained at a knife's edge. Ooh. These are our agents of House Ikshana. Uh, all of them have a little, little something else under the surface um, to how they present. And these are the characters who will be uh, on Arrakis manoeuvring for gain and to uh, avoid disaster uh, when we begin our season, which is called Shifting Sands. Oh. It's good. Dune it's good. Shifting Sands. I don't think we've had a bum name. In They're ten all good, seasons. Yeah. Imagine They're- if you just called out one. You'd be except this. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. No, no, it's always so exciting to hear the the season name because it just oh, it just ooh, gives ooh. you chills. I don't know. So yeah. much better than Ambrosia. <laughs> <laughs> Mystery down under. Homeland. <laughs> What does that have to do and with Avatar have- The Last Airbender? <laughs> like, the if- TV, like the TV show Homeland? A genuine <laughs> character <laughs> Homelander? After I saw, after we fucking released Homeland, I was like, oh, like that TV show. That oh, has, no. That's about, S- oh, oh, fuck. No, you've, you've ruined our searchability. Our, our, our SEO is <laughs> fucked. Fuck. Share the podcast. So, yeah, please, uh, please join us for that. Uh, if you would like to support us, the easiest way is to rate and review us wherever you're listening to us. If you um, would like to go a bit further to support us, we have a Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash Rolltocast. Get episodes early, get episodes ad-free. You can even join us for our <gasps> monthly live stream on the highest tiers. And uh, generally, we love and, and appreciate all of our patrons. Uh, and they will join us on our Discord as well, our community Discord, where we have uh, lots of discussions. People get early insight into what we're playing. Yeah, Hi they guys. already know they we're already playing, know. <laughs> They knew. They, they knew. knew so long ago. <laughs> they knew. They knew. <laughs> so if you want that to be you, jump on uh, jump on our Discord uh, and, and support our Patreon. But until we return next time with episode one of Dune Adventures in the Imperium Shifting Sands, I have been Phil. I have been Ellen. I've been Sean. I've been Chris. Bye. 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 Happy 10th anniversary, everyone. <gasps> Welcome to season 10. You have been listening to Shifting Sands, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Roll to Cast. Dune, Adventures in the Imperium, is an officially sub-licensed property from Gale Force 9, a Battlefront Group company, all rights reserved. 
and we have created a house miner. So far smaller in scope, and they have a couple of things that they specialize in. Um, I have to cough and pee. Cool. Yeah, that's right. Let's take a minute. Uh, we're going to be talking about minor houses when you get yep. back. Apologies. All about the kids. Cough and pee. Cough pee and pee. Cough. Do it at the same time. Because <coughs> then it's going to go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite How I Met Your Mother quote. Of, Why is there always pee on the floor? Well, you were the one who put the far side calendar up in the bathroom, and you know I laugh with my whole body. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's always like the little lines yeah. that, you know, that those are the. The comedic punchlines I love. Like it would be only one joke a month, and he repeatedly <laughs>, laughs, repeatedly laughs at it Still every time it goes in. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's so true. I didn't even think about <laughs> I didn't even think about it would be the same every fucking month. It's just an easily amused character, which it is. It's, yeah. He is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's his trait, easily amused. Yeah. Hold for cough. Hold for dog. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.